What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Lever Money Latino Podcast. I am Leo Yanez Jr. And I am Jose Garcia. Y yo soy Laura Dominguez. Oh, my Woo. gosh. I thought I was like, <laughs> we should do a grito. Like, let me listen to a movie. You know, you know? Jose gave us this awesome coffee. Put that abuelita squirt in there. Chocolate coffee, mm. whatever it is. And it's a Mexican us- mocha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that fancy stuff this yes. morning. So y'all going to probably get a little bit of hype of everybody today. <laughs> This tastes 100% Colombian. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. So, yeah. Well, last time I know we touched, uh, you know, the real estate. So, uh, we're going to be back today. And uh, Jose felt that we uh, needed to touch uh, on taxes, property taxes, because we kind of went in a little hard last time. But just because we were really excited about sharing that stuff with y'all. So, we're going to yes. go ahead and slow down a little bit today and uh, break that down yes you know um for everybody who listened to our last episode we were talking quite a bit about all the taxes that we pay and i've done a number of studies that show you know the average um employee let's say you know and the average income is forty thousand. so that that employee um in the u.s typically pays you know, 40% of everything that they earn to property to, uh, t- I'm sorry, taxes and, and interest. So, you know, we've kind of talked about um, how we can reduce the amount of interest that you pay, but um, we didn't talk about really how you reduce all these taxes. And last episode, we talked about the property taxes that you could pay. We talked about the estate taxes that your heirs could pay if you pass on a house. And we kind of touched on, you know, income taxes that you pay if you're an employee, but um, I really felt like we could do a whole episode, you know, on taxes alone, and we could do multiple. But you know, just to kind of kick things off, I wanna I wanna start out with a question: What if I told you you could have somebody else paying your taxes what? for you? That'd be some heat. Oh, that'd be like Jose. That's the hookup. Let us know, please. Right, because if you think about all the taxes that we pay, you know, okay, if you're gonna if you go to the store and you buy furniture or you buy a car, you're gonna pay taxes on that. Right. right? Of course. If you uh, own a home, you're gonna pay property taxes, right? right? So you got sales taxes on the things that you buy. You've got property taxes on your house, and that's why your mortgage ne- never disappears, right? right. Regardless right. if you pay off your house, still gonna be paying property. Taxes. You're still gonna be paying property taxes, and that makes up you know half sometimes, or if not more of your of your mortgage anyway. And then, you know, we, we have things like estate taxes and then you have income taxes. So if you're an employee, you, you know what this is, right? Because yeah. you see the big deduction, right? <laughs> Dang. Yeah, especially if you get a bonus, you know, it's, it's so funny, <laughs> That's right? One. That's yeah. the worst one, right? Golly. Because, okay, you kind of know, you get used to that deduction from your weekly check or your right. biweekly check, however you get paid. But then, you know, when you become a salesperson and, and then, you you know, you made this fat commission this week yeah. or this fat commission this month and in your very first commission, you're like, oh man, I'm going to make like two grand yeah. or five grand. Buy me some rings. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you get a check, you know, and it's only, you know, from a thousand dollar bonus and it's only like four hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, six hundred dollars. Recently, actually, uh, whenever I was driving for an unnamed company that delivers y'all's packages, I was doing the... For the truck drivers, they gave us, because uh, you know, November, December's peak season because mm-hmm. everybody's buying gifts. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, uh, they offered us an incentive where we get, like, I think it was something like $150 extra a week on top of our check. Mm, um, yep. 
if we don't call in. So all okay. we literally had to do was come to work. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that added up to like 1600 I want to wow. say. Wow. Nice. So at the end of these eight weeks, <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, man, this is 1600 awesome. 1600 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, yeah, okay, exactly. My, <laughs> my hands are already rolling yeah. together. I was like, Mr. Burns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, boy, I got that chick. That joker was like a rack. It was a thousand dollars. I was man, like, Uncle Sam dipped his sad. hand. Oh, oh yeah. boy, I wanted to find him. And just, I yeah. wanted to find somebody named Sam and just yeah. beat him up. <laughs> right. Oh, it was horrible, but hey, it, is, it still is what it is. I was happy just to get the bonus. So yeah, man, I mean, but, you got We got to yeah. be grateful. But what's crazy is that you know there's so many people. You know, the vast majority of Americans, you know, they work for somebody, right? And yeah. and who does that benefit? It and benefits your employer, but it also benefits Uncle Sam. Yeah. Benefits the government. It does benefit, yeah. you know, the government earns more tax revenue from employees than they do from small businesses. You know, why? Why so why is that? Um it's it's because your W2 income is is taxed without being able to offset it with deductions. Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest piece of, uh, pieces of advice that Quick I can give anybody. Did yes. you call it a dumber U2? <laughs> I probably did. W2. Because that's awesome. <laughs> I was like, that is I was like, what? That is amazing. I thought I heard a dumber U2. I'm going to start calling it that. A dumber U2. That's yeah. awesome. I'm sorry for cutting so you off. Can, and you can do the same work, right? There, right. there are a lot of jobs out there that you can just get a safety net, you know, cushion salary job. Yeah. And essentially, you could be doing the same thing as a 1099 employee. So what's the difference? The difference is, okay, maybe you have more guarantees and you, more, you, ha- you might have more benefits under that W-2 job. This means you have an employer and you might have a set hourly wage or you might have a set salary. And they might offer you benefits for doing the job at its set price. Now, you could work harder. You know, a famous quote from somebody that I know is that's very successful. He worked for FedEx. And he said that, you know, every day he went to work, he would, he would bust his butt and, you know, by loading these boxes onto the truck. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he felt good at the end of the day because he, was, he would load like hundred, hundreds of boxes. But then he would look around and see that everybody else was kind of slacking. Yeah. And he and that next person that was slacking still made the same amount of money. Right. It didn't make a difference, right? So that kind of demotivated him. Now he's a very successful entrepreneur. You know, he's he's self-employed. But if you if, you know if you think about that, it's it's beneficial for so many reasons because not only can you get paid for what you're worth by being self-employed, but instead of just getting that guaranteed um, income with uh, you know with a flat amount that's going to be taxed without any offsets, now that you're self-employed. Everything that the business was taken advantage of by having you as an employee, because they can offset those benefits. If they give you a health plan, you know, mm-hmm. if they give you a 401k, right. you know, if they give you all these benefits, it helps them offset their taxes yeah. instead. And let's say, let's say they have a truck that you have to drive and they're right. supplying it. Guess what? They, they get to offset their taxes because that's a business mm-hmm. use asset. So if it depreciates, they can offset their income and if, let's say they have to put gas in it that's an expense they get to offset their income well, yeah. even then like i heard that like big companies the bigger the company the more tax break they get from the yeah. government a lot of the time yes yeah. because yeah i mean large companies if you look at at&t stadium who paid for that we did we did yeah, yeah. the taxpayers of arlington paid for that because jerry jones went in and leveraged the cities like they mm-hmm. literally come 
They put City against City. They put Irving against Dallas, against Arlington, against Grand Prairie to say, hey, who's going to give me the biggest, the best deal? Yeah. But you know what? Go Cowboys. I don't care. That was probably <laughs> the best tax thing that ever happened to me. But, yeah, no, I, I actually even heard about that, that they actually had given, uh, I don't want to quote a word for word, but that uh, Jerry Jones had met with whoever uh, from Dallas before even moving it. Mm-hmm. And that Absolutely. she didn't want to do it. Correct. And he was like, That's why I, I left. literally build this anywhere and i'm giving you you know what are you gonna give me for much. yeah what are you gonna give me she, she didn't want to budge correct so to this day that she's like you know i don't want to use the word hated but pretty much like <laughs> that pissed at her right because, because all the revenue that it brought correct correct exactly the city does benefit because it brings tourism it brings yeah. dollars from outside of the city that employment fl- yeah employment yeah. so there is benefits but to your point, you know, yeah, big businesses learn how to leverage, you know, mm-hmm. leverage these, these assets and leverage their business. But, you know, when it comes to being self-employed, let, let's compare that W-2 job versus the 1099 employee. W-2. W-2. <laughs> and if you compare them, okay, yes, you get a, a salary and you might get some benefits, but guess what? You're going to pay taxes. And let's say you buy a car to drive to work. You can't offset that. Yeah, that car is, is you bought for personal, personal use. use. Right. And if you bought a fifty thousand dollar car and when you sold it, you sold it for ten thousand, you lost forty grand. Yeah. But let's say you're self-employed and you mm-hmm. bought a fifty thousand dollar car. When you if you bought it for your business and you use it for business use, when you sell it, you can take a forty thousand dollar depreciation against your income. Mm-hmm. So now you can you can almost get that you're getting that money back right. when you file your taxes right before we really dive into it too i think that's what a lot of people are scared whenever they want to open their own business because the percentage is uh i'm drawing a blank on the percentage right now but it's pretty high what you got to pay as a 60. self-employed per 60 percent is as a self-employed uh person right but you have a lot of uh tax breaks that you can take advantage of like you just said right now like the car Obviously, if you buy uniforms, you know, for work and all that. So you can kind of use the same, I don't know, it's a, yeah, like a so, formula. Like, there's a lot of things that you can do to offset it, to benefit you and obviously, you know. Yeah, and for, for the time being, let's, yeah, let's avoid talking about percentages. Bec- and, and let me tell you why. Because every bracket, you know, gets taxed at a different amount. So... Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it can get confusing. Are there times where a self-employed individual could potentially pay higher? Sh- sure. But um, I'll tell you, you know, um, I currently in my situation, right, I've my my effective tax rate is is far lower now that I'm self-employed than when I was ever um, employed for a, for a company. Yeah. And so the the key word is there. The key word there is your effective tax rate, right? Which means that after you filed your taxes and applied all of your deductions, how much did you actually pay, right? And my effective tax rate was significantly lower um, than any year I had ever worked for a company being self-employed. So why is that? Let me give you a strategy. Earlier, I told you that you know, what if I told you there are ways that you could have somebody else paying your taxes? Some of the biggest offset are the other taxes that you pay. So for instance, if you own a home, you do pay property taxes on it. Mm -hmm. That is a deduction on your income tax. 
So let's say, let me give you a simple scenario. Let's say your property taxes are $5,000 a year. Of course, you're paying that on your monthly payment. And then at the end of the year, you owe the government $10,000 in taxes. Mm -hmm. Well, since you paid $5,000 in property taxes, that's a $5,000 offset. Okay. Now, of course, for those of you who might have filed your own taxes, you also understand that the government gives everybody a standard deduction, depending on how you're filing. If you're head of household, last year it was like over 18000 So that's consistently gone up. Now, if you're not head of household, it's going to be significantly less. But the more deductions you have, right, the bigger offset that, that you're going to get on your taxes. So not only do I have my personal residence as an offset, but I have multiple properties. Mm -hmm. So here's where we get to the point where I have other people pay my taxes. So what does that mean? Mm -hmm. That means that since I have other properties and I have tenants in my properties, the monthly payment that they're giving me is going to pay a number of things, including um, the principal and interest on the loan that I have for that house, Mm -hmm. right? The taxes and insurance that I need for the house Mm -hmm. and it gives me also a cash flow. It gives me an income. Mm-hmm. So who owns the house? Mm-hmm. I do. But who's paying the taxes? They are. They are. And who gets to file the offset of those property taxes? You do. I do. <laughs> so no matter how much money I make, I still get to use that property tax from each one of the homes against my income. Mm. So not only are they helping me build an asset that's appreciating, Mm -hmm. right? And giving me a cash flow, but they're also giving me a tax deduction. So you're basically only going to get taxed on what you're actually making supposedly, but it's, you're offsetting it pretty much. I'm offsetting it. Yeah. So I, you know, of course, if you look at everything that's flowing in, yeah, I'm making a lot, but I also know how to offset it so that my adjusted gross income is lower than what I'm actually bringing in yeah. versus somebody who is a, a, a W-2 employee. A W-2 employee has to report everything as your income and then you go buy things. You go buy a car. You're going to buy a car anyway, right? Yeah. right? You go out, right? You go entertain yeah. or you go on a trip. You're going to go on a trip anyway. But if you're doing it for your business, if you buy a car for your business and you have to put gas in it, all of these things are awesome. You're going to do it anyway, right? You, as an employee, you still have to drive to work. You still have to put gas in your car and you still have to repair your car. Mm -hmm. All those things just go out the door. Uh You can't, you can't offset those things because you're a W2 employee, right? Versus if you're a 1099 employee or you're self-employed or you're a business owner, you also have a car. Yeah. You also have to put gas in it. You also have to repair it. But now those are business deductions. Yeah. So like even if, uh, like for example, us three, we went out like on uh, lunch. Mm-hmm. We can, it was, was a business meeting. Like that. Correct. You can, yeah. You can offset you that. Can offset. Absolutely. And not only that. So okay, here's another strategy. Another strategy that I use outside of, I just told you how I have somebody else pay my taxes for me, right? Right. But... Let me give you another strategy. You know how I've kept multiple cars. Correct. Yeah. So I assign each vehicle to a different business. So I have a consulting firm. Mm-hmm. I have a direct sell selling business, right? We're starting a media company, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And then I have a real estate 
uh, company. I have an investment firm. So anytime I use a car, say to drive to one of my properties, mm. I use the same car. I use only that car to drive oh, to that, that property. Mm. So I get to depreciate the value of that vehicle against that business. Then I have, you know, I just bought a new car. Yeah. I bought that for my direct selling business. So when I meet with high net worth individuals, you know, I don't want to drive the, my work truck that I drive, you know, to go repair, yeah, to go repair a house, you know, that's a different vehicle that I use. But so if I'm going to go meet with a high net worth client, then I take my luxury vehicle and then I also get to offset that. I get to depreciate that against my direct selling business and that goes like for like maintenance costs if you buy any tires for that joker exactly everything, everything. right and i still have a personal vehicle so if i'm just going to go out with my wife then i take a personal vehicle mm-hmm. right and so at the end of the year i can prove that this vehicle was solely used for this business purpose mm-hmm. right there's no mix right a lot of times People um, think that it's really hard to, you know, prove that or really difficult to prove that, well, this meal was for business use or this vehicle was for business use because you also use it for personal use. Mm -hmm. So the IRS might scrutinize that and it might be really difficult to prove, well, how many miles did you actually drive for business and how many miles did you actually drive for personal use? So like if you're Uber driver and you drive your only one car for, for Uber and then you also go out with it, it's... It's actually really difficult to right. prove, you know, how many miles are personal and yeah. versus, you know, I just, you have, you know, you can buy a cash car or just keep your cars, right? right. Never sell them and then actually still depreciate the value of the vehicle every year while still owning it without even having to sell it. Especially once you don't have a payment, that's like a big. Exactly. Yeah, it's like a bigger uh, offset. Yeah. So my, my effective tax rate is is minuscule, right? And then let me give you one one other strategy. I, I guarantee you, I pay less in taxes, and in, I shouldn't say less in taxes, I pay less in income taxes mm-hmm. than anybody, than anybody I know. Yeah. You know, and, and, and here's something really interesting. I don't want to get political. And this is something that everybody can do. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. not just like, you know, like, just because Jose has like five different companies, that doesn't mean that you as like a one small business that doesn't mean that you can't can't, do it right you just got to start and learn the financial aspect of it so you don't get in trouble so you don't step on your own toes so you want to be mentally prepared and learn everything before just writing everything off Mm because we're not saying do that no 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 (laughs) we're doing it the legal way (laughs) correct not the illegal way so let's just throw that out there because we don't want to i was listening to this podcast man and (laughs) (laughs) he said he said yeah but yeah but these are all very effective strategies and one other strategy that I used for the first time recently is okay if I had a w2 job right I've, I've worked for companies and been you know a general manager and top of my field so I was earning oh, well over six figures in my w2 jobs before and the problem with that is that I get tax my effective tax rate is much higher the more you make right, right. So let's say, you know, during that time I was also investing I was investing in real estate I was investing in the stock market. And whenever I sold real estate, you know, that was an investment or whenever I sold um, stocks, I got tax. I got my capital gains tax was also a very high capital gains because I also had this big W-2 
um, income, mm-hmm. right? So what I learned recently since, you know, I've been self-employed for a few years now and then also started to sell investment um, investments that I've had in the past, you have... So now we're going to talk about capital gains. You have two different types of capital gains. You have short-term capital gains, which let's say you're day trading a stock. You're buying it and you're selling it in the same day. That's treated as income. You know, it's taxed a little bit higher than long-term capital gains. Long-term capital gains is taxed a little bit less. But here's the strategy, okay? If your adjusted gross income, you know, I might have brought in $300,000 last year through all of my sources of income, but after depreciating vehicles and offsetting my income tax with property tax, I got my adjusted gross income well below $60,000. If that's the case, then you could pay 0% on long-term capital gains. So let's say for instance, I sold a house last year, one of my investment properties yeah. I, I sold in California, and then I was going to do a 1031 exchange, use the profits to buy another house here in Texas. And I was trying to look at strategies on how to avoid paying a lot of property tax. I was going to clear over $200,000 in profit on that house, right? <laughs> I bought it for 255000 back in 2009, and then I sold it for well over 400000 last mm. year because the Property value had increased, right. and then I, had, of course, I had paid down the loan, so I only owed, you know, around two hundred. I made and I sold it for well over four hundred. So the difference, I was going to pocket, and, and I was scared. <laughs> I was scared about how yeah. much in taxes, right? You, you yeah. know, you get a sixteen hundred dollar yeah. bonus, and you know, six hundred over is gone, oh, right? Two hundred thousand. I was really scared, so yeah. I, I scoured everything I could do. Wow. And one of the strategies was doing what was called a third. A 1031 exchange as long as I use that money to buy another property I could I could delay paying property taxes so okay that was my first strategy but the second strategy was I realized that if I could offset my income enough since I owned that property for over a year Mm -hmm. it was no longer a short-term capital gain it turned into a long-term capital gain and since I was able to adjust my income lower my effective tax rate on the Profit of that house mm-hmm. was zero percent. Nice. So, is zero. there a time frame whenever you can do that? Is it a year? So oh. you have to have held the investment for over a year for first for it to be um, categorized as a long-term capital gain, oh, okay. and then you also have to ensure that you get your adjusted gross income below that threshold. A lot of people that deal with uh, like you know like obviously like the property like they look at all that too. Like, I, I forgot what I was listening to that I heard about that, too. The whole long-term and short-term. And to be mm-hmm. mindful of it if you are going to, you know, because they were talking about, like, uh, pretty much, like, your first home, a lot of people will go for that forever home. You know what I mean? Yes. But it just depends on how you look at it. Because, obviously, if you're, let's say that you're a single couple, you're going to more than more than likely probably have a kid down the road. So, if your first home is your forever home mm-hmm. and only has two bedrooms that's going to change quick you know, because mm-hmm. you're going to grow a family. You might get a dog and you got to be mindful of those things, I guess, is what I'm getting at. But yes. that's just some thought that I just got back. We don't have to go into it. And keep in mind, um, taxes are applied differently for investment properties or investments versus your primary residence. So if it's your primary residence, you actually get a period of time that mm-hmm. after you sell it, um, you can avoid having to pay any taxes on it whatsoever. Oh, so okay. that is one strategy. I've never used that strategy 
personally as well i guess i shouldn't say never i have but i i do know people who consistently use that strategy oh, okay. so they intentionally buy a home they live in it they allow it to appreciate mm-hmm. right and then they sell it and make a profit but if if that was their primary home they don't have to pay taxes on it and then they can move to a lower a, a area that has a lower cost of living yeah. turn that profit sometimes i've even seen i know several people that have done that so many times that the, the the last house that they bought was full was paid with cash nice. because they kept rolling over that profit right, right. maybe maybe your first home you bought for a hundred thousand dollars and then you sold for 150 so you made fifty thousand dollar profit mm-hmm. and you use that fifty thousand to put on a down payment on a two hundred thousand dollar house let's say so now um you know you only owe 150 and then and then a couple of years down the road again you bought that two hundred thousand dollar house and now you sold it for three hundred thousand so um now you're rolling over 150,000 and in their third house they go downsize let's say for instance or they move to an area that has a lower cost of living maybe yeah. they lived in Dallas and then they're going to go move out to Alvarado you know for instance terrible yeah terrible and then they go buy a house cash with that at that point right so just by allowing the you know the property wow. to appreciate and then uh, taking advantage of the fact that you don't have to pay taxes when when you when you sell it as your primary resident you can roll those profits into your next your next property and eventually buy one for cash so essentially that's that's what i did but i did it with an investment property right Mm -hmm. i was able to roll it into another property and also you know buy that one cash very nice dang that's crazy just to think pretty much free money it's a free house Mm -hmm. pretty much but you just gotta turns into a free house learn the financial steps and the knowledge to do it because obviously if you're just average so joe schmo whenever you're thinking about it like i would have never thought about that like even then like until now it's just like kind of like dang i could have been taking advantage of all this like since earlier Mm -hmm. but it's never too late to learn a new trick guys (laughs) right and we're just barely starting to touch on all the reasons why a home is one of the best investments you'll ever make right on our first um episodes on real estate we just talked about getting the appreciation but now we're talking about all the tax benefits and then how you can utilize the the appreciation in the home yeah and then uh like with the um the uh, what is what is it called so like for instance the taxes the property taxes here Mm -hmm. are different than let's say in arlington correct right so how does that like uh i guess how do they assess that how do they go oh, such a good question. I'm glad that we brought this up because we didn't talk about this on real estate, on our real estate episodes. So you're exactly right. Now, taxes are assessed on a, on a county basis. Okay. But you do have city ordinances or, or, or city applied taxes as well. So the county is going gonna, is gonna to assess first the value of your home and then they're going to apply their percentage of property taxes. But then... You might have a city assessment as well. For instance, um, you might have a local hospital um, or sometimes you have a county hospital that might go to the county. You also have um, the amount of your property taxes that goes to the, the, the school in your area. So, for instance, I have properties in Tarrant County that utilize some of Dallas County's um, Fire department. Yeah, maybe fire department or schools. And so I actually see that the the $5,000, for instance, that I pay a year for that property, some of it actually goes to, to Dallas, Dallas County. And 
Um, not that that part is really important, but just something to keep in mind when you break it down, you see that some of it goes to the county, some of it goes to the local school, some of it might go to the hospitals, mm-hmm. um, and, and then you can see where that's going. Now, the early, you know, on a previous episode, we talked about how the appraisal district, right, is the department that assesses your home. So, you know, um, you can um, track this, as we mentioned on a previous episode, you can track what they're going to assess your uh, your home for. And then um, if you don't agree with it, we talked about how you can actually um, dispute it, right? right? And then look at property values in your area. And then if you disagree with it, then you can dispute it and bring bring your property value down. Mm-hmm. Now, how do they, sorry. How do they yeah. actually come up with that amount though? Do they actually go to your house? Because I don't think that they do. No, and I've seen they it, don't. You know, it, it obviously it, it increases, but how do they come up I'm with it? to go to Google Earth. Look at that <laughs> boy. Yeah, that's a great question. Look, you know, I honestly... <laughs> Go ahead and uh, up that bad boy right yeah. now. Yeah, and I honestly, I couldn't answer that, but I ha- I have the same question, right? Sometimes I question all, you know, I question every year, how the heck did they come up with this um, assessment of my house? Because all too often I find that the homes that sold near near the, um, the house that I own didn't sell for that high. So, you know, they're under, typically they're under some obligation to ensure that they're not raising it too much every year. And sometimes they they stretch the limit of that. Mm-hmm. And because that's their revenue, right? That's how the cities and that's how the counties make money, right? You, people have to remember that everything's a business. Yeah. The government is it's also a business. A business. Your, your local government is a business. So when you hear about things like the city you know, is going under, what they mean is that they don't have enough tax revenue <laughs> yeah. to pay for you know, the, the city works, right? And and they could there are cities who have actually gone out of business. Yeah, you know, and and in those cases, you you sometimes you see um, investment firms, you know, or, or large you know wealthy organizations come in and buy a city. Yeah, and take over pretty much. And completely take well, like over. Well, like the smaller mm-hmm. towns, they just end up turning into ghost towns. I know a couple here mm-hmm. in Texas that are just straight ghost towns. You drive yeah, some disappear, like closed up. It's like wow. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I know that it happened a lot, like out there at West and everything, like whenever the oil boom and all that. But um, and that's a lot of that's a lot of stuff. Well, yeah, like the whole taxes. I mean, well, a lot of stuff as far as property taxes, a lot um, goes into what goes around the city, right? Like they use the money for roads, to correct? Pay police, fire department, and all that. Exactly. So if you wonder how teachers are being paid, how police, yeah. Uh, are being paid, how fire um, uh, men are being paid, you know, even the community hospitals, how the workers there are being paid. Yeah. And then the road construction crews, all of these things are paid primarily from your property tax, or sometimes they're also paid by the sales tax. And that's why, you know, there are some cities that have a higher sales tax. There are actually some states that have no sales tax. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of people, I know people in the Washington, Oregon area, Mm -hmm that intentionally will drive down to Oregon because there's no sales tax. They'll drive down to Oregon to go buy to go buy stuff like go clothes shopping or, you know, yeah. buy buy different things because there's no there's no sales tax. There. I imagine they probably go like buy big purchases. Like, man, I know that's what I'd go for. Yes. And that's why you see RV uh, mm-hmm. lots like at at the state lines all the time because some states yeah. treat the sale of that 
RV differently than other states, right? Yeah, so yeah. that you might get a tax advantage. So all the there's so many things that you find that are really interesting. Right now, that's why a lot of people are moving to Texas because Texas doesn't have an income tax. But for those of you who never lived in another state, if you go to California, for instance, let me tell you a crazy story. So um, before I moved to California, my in my position, I was you know making around sixty to like eighty thousand dollars a year um, in my W two uh, job at the time, and this I was you know in my young twenties at the time, and I moved to California for a promotion. Mm-hmm. Little did I know that I was moving from a state that didn't have a state income tax. To a state that did have a state income tax. Oh, yeah. So now we all pay federal income tax. Yeah. Right. And that goes to the, the IRS collects that. Right? right. But after moving to California for that promotion, I got, you know, a nice little bump in pay. I, I was making close to a hundred thousand as soon as I took that promotion. But my effective income was less than I was making in Texas, even though I got a raise over there. Why? Because now I was paying their state income tax and the federal income tax. So I actually took home less money after getting a promotion. Oh, Oh, (laughs) That is why I don't eat at In-N-Out, guys. (laughs) That's crazy. So the only thing beautiful about California is the beaches and uh, the movies that come out of there. Yeah, there and you, but people pay for it, and it's it's interesting. People there know that they pay the state income tax, and they say that it's the weather tax, you know. Yeah. <laughs> because it's you know for everybody who's been in in vacation there, of course it's gorgeous oh, and it's beautiful. Yes, Cali, a. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, a lot of areas of it are are very beautiful, but people pay you know out the wazoo and in income tax, state income tax. Yeah. Not only that, but they pay out the wazoo and property taxes mm-hmm. because the real estate is so expensive there and you have to imagine how much property taxes you pay on a 10 million dollar house yeah right? of it's, course it's crazy when i went to california at the beginning of the month um we were in a uber driver and he was like yeah you know i was like how much you guys pay over here and he's like like for a one bedroom or two bedroom like two thousand dollars almost 2500 oh, wow. i was like what the hell? Yeah. i said oh yeah no, that's no, you know, way well, well. too much Thank God that we live in this great state of Texas. Yes. And that's why so many people move to states like Texas. And there are a few other states Y'all that coming. Yeah, that actually have no income tax. And, and, and that's one of the reasons we're seeing our property values go up so quickly because so many people are moving here. And, and this is why it's a great area to invest in um, because we're seeing, you know, we're seeing that growth. And that's mm-hmm. why our economy is going to continue to do well, even though... There are parts of California, actually most of California is not doing well in terms of their economy. There's a lot of tent cities out there. Yeah, because people are, oh, yeah. for a lot of reasons, right? Because people mm-hmm. can't afford to live, because um, a lot of people are also leaving. So we, we will probably continue to see our poverty values increase here versus California. If there's a correction in the market, their poverty values will drop. Yeah, drastically. Mm-hmm. That's crazy though. But yeah, so shout out to everybody that's moving here. But if y'all can, go ahead and move somewhere else. Jose, do you know of any other states that don't have the tax? We can go ahead and shout them out. We'll y'all move later. out there. Yeah. Yeah, we're full. Yeah. Like, yeah, the only thing that I don't like about all that is uh, the traffic. It's horrible. It's like, oh my gosh. Like, yes. why? But. And one other big benefit, you know, shout out to our military service members because. Facts. Yes. You know, um, but but one of the big reasons why a lot of military love living in Texas is because you remember how I mentioned that you can 
you can apply for exemptions on your property taxes. If it's your primary home, you right. can offset it as a homestead exemption. Or if you're a senior, you can also get an offset to your property taxes by claiming that. Well, in Texas, it's one of the few states that if you're retired in the military, you can claim an exemption that allows you to pay $0 in property taxes. That literally, when you buy a house, that means you can cut your mortgage in half because nice. you're not paying property taxes if you're a retired military. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. So another great strategy. You know, that's a, wow. But, you Very know, they earned that, you know. They did earn that, absolutely. And, you know, fighting for our freedoms. Thank you to all our military service members. Yes, absolutely. Without sure. y'all, this would not be possible in any way. Shout out to y'all. But, no, that's awesome. That's a great bonus for them. Well-deserved. But, man, this is awesome. There's a lot of knowledge this episode. <laughs> I'm like just flabbergasted by everything that I just learned right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. I already kind of had an idea of it, but just really getting into the small, minute details and everything is kind of like, golly, like, I'm just over here seeing Laura's face every time Jose <laughs> drops a knowledge bomb and she's I just know, like, I'm just like, you know, I want to say something, but I'm just like, oh my God, like, I appreciate you so much. <laughs> like, I, I love yeah, this. I, I had a lot of light bulb moments right now. <laughs> like, golly, for real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I hope this really helps a lot of people out there. So keep in mind, just to recap, if you, if you have an opportunity to become a 1099 employee and learn how to utilize it, it can benefit you so much down the road. You can, your effective tax rate can be significantly lower by offsetting the things that you're going to, that you're going to use and have to purchase anyway. Yeah. And you can offset your income tax by depreciating the things that you would have lost money on. Right. If you have a business out there, you know, we're probably going to be needing some people who want to come out and, and uh, say some information about that. We have a friend, Jose uh, Lopez. He opened his own little construction business and stuff. So this will be very helpful to him. Maybe we'll have him on the episode or whatever. Absolutely. Join the community. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Take the leap and reap the benefits. Yes. But, man, awesome, awesome. Um, man, I really don't have... I don't think even if I had another question, I would be able to partake in that. <laughs> Taking more knowledge of like, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. that was a really, really informative issue. Like, yeah, that's how you know it's informative whenever you learn something on your own podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, on, on our podcast, like, it was one of those things where it's just like, wow. It's like a breath of fresh air, kind of like this coffee. Oh, man, this <laughs> I felt it kick in about mid-episode. Shout I was out, like, wow. Shout out to Jose for the coffee. Yeah, shout out to Jose. No, I had that pot going. <laughs> Whenever I walked in, I heard a whistle. I thought he was whistling at me. I was like, man, I know I've been working out, Jose, but, man, come on, don't make me blush. I know I've been losing weight. Like, I know I've been losing weight, Jose, but, man. No, but, uh, man, if y'all don't have anything else, y'all got any closing things I want to shout out? You know, anybody y'all know want to shout out to or any closing statements? I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm... The last thing I'll mention is that um, you hear a lot of things about having to start an LLC to be able to take advantage of these tax benefits, and if you, you don't. You know, if you want to start out simple, you can be self-employed 1099 and you can still apply the vast majority of these these offsets that I'm talking about. So, you know, it's it's really easy. Don't think that it's it's difficult, you know, and if if you want some advice, you know, happy. That's why we're here. Happy um, to, to assist you. You know, if you're starting a business, you know, congratulations. It's This is, you know, one of the biggest steps that you'll yes. ever take. Keep going. And, and the last thing is I've helped so many people. I'll give you an example. People come to me um, with some of these tax questions. And I have a family that I've, I've helped for the last couple of years now that between the two incomes, they have slowly been making more and more money and growing in the companies that they've worked with. And now they're at the point where they're both making over 100000 You know, congratulations 
to them, you know, all the hard work that they've been putting into their jobs has really been, has really paid off. So, you know, and that takes a special kind of person that can actually do that for as many years as, as they've been. And now at the, they're at the top of their field and they're making good money. But every year, guess what? When they, when they prepare their taxes, they're like, oh my gosh, man, I don't want to have to pay all these taxes, you know, because all they have is they have their cars and they have their house and they don't really have a lot of other ways to offset all of their income, income, right? And they're going to pay this, you know, this huge tax bill. And every year they, they come to me and they're like, is there anything that you can help me with? And I'm like, I thought you have a side gig. And they're like, yeah. You know, well, that's a business. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they don't have a LLC, but but they 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 make um, crafts. They make handcrafts, mm-hmm. and then they resell them. Right. Mm. I'm like, that's a business. Yeah. I I simply ask them, do you use your personal vehicle for business purposes? Yes. Okay. Okay. Now we can we can start to depreciate that vehicle. Do you put gas in it for business purposes? Yes. Okay. Well, we can we can. Offset that. Do you have a space in your home that's dedicated to your business? Yes, I have. We can offset that as your home office. You know, did you buy supplies for your business? Yeah, I bought. Okay, show yeah. me all the receipts. You know, all of these things are cost associated with your business. And I'll tell you, for two years straight now, I got them to a point where they owed to a point where they were getting a refund. Nice. Oh, wow. One question I, I uh, got to ask about wow. that. You know how usually like you could, like a sole proprietorship, like DBA or whatever, right? So let's say that you, would it be good to open an account for that? I know this is a little bit off topic, but since we're touching on it a little bit, would it be smart to get a bank account with the DBA so that way you could use that card specifically for that? Great, great question. Yeah, that's, I've actually offered that advice. Now, keep in mind, if you're going to open a bank account, you do need an EIN number. I don't know of a bank that will allow you to open a business account without an EIN number, which means that you need to officially register with your state as an LLC or corporation versus just registering a DBA. A DBA is, you're still a sole proprietor. You're still uh, self-employed, but you can... You know, you're just filing a different name. That's all. That's all it is. Oh, it's, okay. it's not technically a different entity. Okay. Versus an LLC is a different entity that can open its own bank account. Okay. But one thing that you can take advantage of with your DBA that I've found is that most banks will issue you a credit card in a DBA's name. Mm. Now, of course, they're still going to use your social security, which means that you're going to have your personal um, information on there. It's going to be still associated with your personal credit. Now, the good thing is if you have to rack up a lot of charges on there for business purposes, it doesn't show up on your personal credit report. So so that way you can keep your credit score low without having a high you know, debt to balance ratio, because if everybody who checks their credit score, you might have noticed that if you have, you know, a high balance on your credit card, it drops, it drops drops your credit score. So if you're, if it is for business purposes, you can put it on a business credit card while only having a DBA. You don't have a, have to register an LLC. Most banks will issue you a credit card under your DBA. And also the good thing about that is you can also register your business to start, um, building the business credit and eventually there can be a time where you no longer need to use your personal social security anymore because 
you've established a name for your business, you've opened credit card lines, lines of credit in the business, and eventually when you do open a, 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 a business account, if you have multiple lines associated with that business, your business will eventually earn credit, you know, a credit score that can apply for loans on its own without having your personal yeah. social security attached to it. And that's, that's a good topic for a, a new for episode. Yeah, yeah, well, actually, I'd like to touch on that next episode since we're kind of like, you know, we could segue into it. Exactly. So, yeah, it's pretty much like another social security number. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that was a lot of knowledge for the end of that episode. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening to us. If you guys have any questions, you know, let us know. Um, we'll definitely be here to help out. That's what we're here for. And thanks again, guys. For Thank thanks. you. Yeah, for sure. And y'all stop moving to Texas. <laughs> JK, JK. All right, guys. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Thank y'all for tuning in. See y'all next time. Thank you. Bye.